Hey guys, I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas holiday. This is Wrestle Life Matt. I just wanted to give you guys a heads up that this is part two of our roundtable discussion talking about the MVP of AEW and WWE. This is the WWE portion. If you want to hear the AEW portion, it is it was posted last Tuesday, so all you have to do is go back and search for it. And we will be back on Friday giving you reviews of this most recent week. Um, we're actually going to be at AEW Live, so we're going to be sharing that with you, and we're really excited about it. Hope you guys have a very happy new year. We'll see you guys soon. WWE, so let's move on, and uh, let's talk about WWE, and it's been, my gosh, has it been a strange year for the WWE? Okay, should we talk about the year just briefly first before <laughs> kind of going into it? Because I don't, I don't want to because... <laughs> This is so so much. It's been crazy all over the place stuff. for sure. I like, mean, just oh. I had to re- refresh my memory on this year in some ways. So I just started looking at like pay per view cards, and God, without NXT, this is maybe in discussion for one of the worst years in WWE history. Oh yeah, and, it's terrible. And some of that's been just. Um, and and would anybody have cared about Survivor Series if NXT no. wasn't involved? No. Not at all. Yeah, you make a good point. Well, and and the and the other thing is like if you went into this year and we're gonna say okay, here's people that are gonna potentially be in that MVP discussion, and because of it, injuries or just weird booking choices or whatnot, it just kind of fell by the wayside. There's really no one on the main roster with maybe the exception of one that's kind of had a very consistent year. And when you think MVP, you want to look throughout the entirety of the year and say, Hey, they were consistently involved in, in big stuff. Or even when they weren't, it was still compelling. I mean, like if we were doing this a year ago, it's Becky Lynch, without even thinking about it. I mean, that's almost as easy as the Jericho one, right? Right. Well, so, you're actually, you're, you're segueing me in here to the very first person. So I'm going to let you finish your thought, but then after that, go ahead and start talking about Becky Lynch because she no, is the first nominee. So, like, if I was going to look into this year, like, I would have thought this would have been the year of, you know, Velveteen Dream reaching that pinnacle. And so he got hurt and that kind of fell, fell off, you know, kind of same thing. Like, you know, it seemed like drew McIntyre is being positioned to be this big monster heel. That's going to be a force to be reckoned with this year. And, and that's just not happened. And then you just look at other people they've tried to get over. I mean, if, as much as I don't like him, I would have said that Seth Rollins was probably your MVP for on the men's side last year. I mean, some of that's his own stupidity on social media, and more of it's just the way he's been presented this year. If there's anybody that's probably lost more stock value in a year, it probably is him. But about as far as let's start with Becky Lynch here. So I'm sorry, Kyle. Did you want to have a rebuttal on that? No, I mean I, I agree completely. But um, yeah, Seth, Seth for sure has lost a bit of steam. Um, he's been an important player this year, so uh, 
maybe we could talk about a little bit, even though he has lacked, you know, lacked what he's had before. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll get back into it. But sure, let's let's talk about Becky Lynch because she has been a pretty big player. Yeah. I go ahead. We'll share. Yeah. I mean, you just look at that momentum wave that she had coming basically from SummerSlam last year into having her nose broken heading into Survivor Series and getting concussed to just she I mean people were chanting for her even when she wasn't on segments at the end of last year and going into this year and it really kind of peaked with the Wrestlemania moment which is a big deal you know she turned Rousey more into of a heel I mean you could argue Ronda did that on her own unintentionally in some ways yeah she she kind of had that you know Wrestlemania 30 Daniel Bryan kind of arc and then she wins the title and it just completely goes off the rails I mean she's had some cool moments after that but when you spend basically a majority of the second quarter, you're kind of going back and forth of Lacey Evans and no, and nothing against Lacey Evans. I think she's pretty good, but it, and then having your real life relationship become a story and that ended up dragging both of you down. It's been, been a weird year, even in, even in matches that should be a big deal for her just kind of fell flat. Like survivor series is kind of the, the best example of that. Right. Um, probably the one match from that post mania run that would probably get any buzz on your end list or anything like that would be probably what her and Sasha in the cell. Yeah, that was definitely notable. And uh, yeah, I agree. She's definitely had like a, up and down year. If anything, she's been consistent in, you know, being a title holder because that's one thing WWE's struggled with, um, you know, at least in the uh, recent past of being able to have a champion and have them hold it for, you know, a considerable amount of time. Uh, I mean, you could argue, you know, with Kofi Kingston, he had it for a good while, but then we know what happened there. But uh, I mean, she's been able to hold that title and, you know, obviously been the prominent woman in WWE, um, so in that sense, she's been definitely the MVP of the women's division and one of the MVPs of the company, but she's definitely had an up and down year of, you know, what she's been given and not necessarily through any fault of her own. Um, like you said, when she's had the opportunity, she's done pretty well. Like, you know, some of the matches she's put on, uh, alongside Charlotte, obviously, you know, her match with Rhonda, uh, and like you said, the match with she had with Sasha was great as well. So, uh, she's had some good times to shine. But that's kind of been the struggle with WWE and what's struggling about this list in general is it's hard for, you know, there's several people who haven't, you know, been pretty consistent at being there. Um, she's been consistent to being the women's champion and what she's put out in the ring for the most part uh, and in her promo work. But it's, it still hasn't been, you know, definitely on fire like she was, you know, when she was at her highest. Well, and some of that too is, like I said, some of what made this year tough for WWE is just some of the things they they can't predict. And this is, and I forget what year that I want to say maybe like 
fifteen ish, where I feel like every person under the sun had gotten hurt heading into that WrestleMania season, and so that WrestleMania was kind of hodgepodge together, which is kind of how you had. I think was that the year that Triple H put the title on himself because they're kind of limited in options, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but you kind of had that in the women's thing as well. I mean, you go out of mania and Sasha gets upset and leaves. How much of that is real versus how much of that is kayfabe could be up for debate, I guess. And you have, you know, like Alexa bliss has been hurt most of the year and they've had to be really careful with how they've used her. The main roster having the women's division split has not really helped anybody um, you know, Ember Moon's been out. You know, when you're having to you know, have meaningful programs and, and, and not to like slider, but at this point, like when when Natalia is having to be a, a featured part of the of a main event program, you know, you're kind of reaching deep into your roster and then you look at just some of the misuses like as good as the kabuki warriors have been oscar has been misfired as a as a singles competitor this year i think they're going to try to remedy that heading in the rumble and then you look at it on like the flip side like what nxt has done to rebuild its women's division after a couple rough years is pretty astounding because you look at what could potentially transition into WWE for 2020, you have a lot more legs to go with, you know, Becky versus Shayna Baszler, for instance. Um, at some point, probably the Rumble, you're going to have Ronda come back, and that's going to be met with probably mixed feelings from the pro wrestling fan base. And then, you know, eventually Charlotte's going to get hot again. And I, I think there's very much a love hate relationship. But, with, with wrestling fans and, and Charlotte, but she definitely carries a certain magnetic quality to her when you see her on the screen. So Becky is still the most marketable, most over person the WWE has. And in that regard, she definitely is a strong candidate for MVP. But when you look at that consistency factor, outside of just being the champion, you know, for the entire year, basically, it's been a tough year for her, her after coming off of one of the all-time great years in 2018. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think she's still very over, but I do think that she has had some, I think we'll say, challenging issues this year. Uh, so let's move on to the next candidate, and I'm going to go with Mr. AJ Styles. And AJ started out the year on fire in a wonderful feud with Daniel Bryan. And he's stayed pretty consistent, even though he hasn't necessarily been in the main event. He's put on some solid matches. He's he's turned heel, joined the OC. I think that he's had a really good year, and I think one could argue AJ Styles. Kyle? Yeah, uh, as far as the consistency level, I think you're absolutely right. He's probably been the most consistent out of anybody, at least on a good level. I mean, there's been some consistent bad level people. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. He's, I mean, as far as his in-ring, as far as his promo work, he, he's been, you know, pretty consistent and he's, you know, been very entertaining. 
the only reason I wouldn't put him in MVP uh, that I think might be holding him back is just at the level he's been at. Obviously, he's he's put on some great matches, and like you said, he was on fire earlier in the year. But he's kind of been relegated to the mid card. Uh, he obviously is still holding a championship belt, but uh, I mean, he, you don't feel like the company views his, views him necessarily as an MVP when he probably should be viewed as one, at least one of their most valuable yeah. players for sure. So he doesn't have a belt anymore. He lost it to Ray. Yeah, that's right. So uh, he's still in the picture for it for sure. Um, you know, and he's competing with Randy Orton. So they definitely think highly of him, just not the highest. And uh, you know, and maybe he should be considered one. I agree. Consistency has been, you know, right there as, you know, probably better than anybody on the show. And, and in that sense, he's definitely been an MVP, uh, definitely a valuable player for the company this year. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah. I mean, personally, AJ's one of maybe in my top five all time. Just, yeah, he's great. I mean, I really started getting into him very early in that TNA run. Um, you know, he was he had some of ROH's best early matches. Um, you know, the guy can be good with anybody in anything, and that is just such a rare trait for pro wrestling. I kind of agree with Kyle on the aspect that he he's just kind of felt like he's been lost a lot throughout of the year he's been prominent he's been featured you know you can tell he clearly loves being with gallows and anderson because they're just friends i don't know if there's a i don't know if i can point to a singular moment for this year where i'm like that's an unforgettable aj styles moment with maybe the exception of the kind of the formation of the oc and even that kind of is forgettable in some ways so well the problem is i like the formation but right after it they kind of got buried by you know the legends and i just i don't know if they i think they should have kept them very strong and i think they buried them within weeks yeah because in wwe you know we talked about tag wrestling earlier but wwe has been has historically bad for the most part with stables i mean the shield is probably one of the rare instances where they've gotten that right it's like uh i would say you you just you have three ass kickers with gallows anderson and aj and they should just be running rough shot over everybody and instead a lot of the times the back half of this year they've just been played for comedy beats AJ's always going to be at the top, and in my mind, I'm just such a shameless mark for the guy. But yeah, same. Hard not to be. I don't know that I would really make a strong case for him this year. Okay. So we're going to move on to another one that I'm going to assume you're probably a big mark for, and I'm going to let you start here. One, Daniel Bryan. So speaking of top five, there's another one. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, it's pretty much one and two are Flair and Michaels for me all time. And then kind of three through five is kind of interchangeable in a lot of ways and, and can kind of rotate in and out. But, you know, same thing. I mean, start watching Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, Daniel Bryan in 2002. 
the main reason I went to WrestleMania 30 the last minute was to see Braun win the title. Like, yeah. if it wasn't for just the shock of the of Taker's streak ending that night, probably would have been a more emotional moment for me. Right. He's he was so good in the first part of this year. You know, just with the heel stuff, going out of his way to get Kofi over and kind of one of the cooler WrestleMania moments we'll probably ever experience. Basically taking his own angle from, you know, WrestleMania 30 and subverting it to kind of turn against him. It, it, it just shows how selfless he is and shows why WWE gives him a lot of leeway and how he presents himself because they always know he's going to have the best interests of a company at heart. And you even look, you know, he maybe got a, lo- a little lost in the middle of this year. Some of that was injuries and some of that is just, I think this is very, very tough barring one or two guys for you to consistently stay relevant and booked well when working for Vincent Kennedy McMahon, basically. Right. What they've done here with this stuff with The Fiend, you know, I'm definitely more curious about the usage of Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson at, you know, coming out of this than I probably am even with The Fiend because with The Fiend, that that's interesting until the bell rings, basically. Okay. You're never going to hear me say a bad thing about Daniel Bryan and just think how absurd it is for, you know, two, two, three years ago that we're talking about not only Daniel Bryan wrestling again in a WWE ring, but wrestling at the high level that he's been doing it at. Or wrestling at all. (laughs) It's incredible. Yeah. um, He's definitely been, I think he's been my MVP for sure this year. Um, just especially late in this part of the year because, uh, and, and it might earn him the award for the entire year just for what he's done on SmackDown. Because, I mean, that was kind of the big talk in WWE was how was the SmackDown show going to be? It was obviously a big deal that they signed. And, you know, they talked up a big game about how it was going to be different. But, I mean, really, as a television show, it's not any different. I don't think anybody's right. really surprised that it hasn't been different. But, there's been one consistent person on it uh, and it's been, you know, Daniel Bryan. He's had some bad stuff. He obviously the, the Roman Reigns thing where he, you know, they had that whole deal going on where it's just a mess, but in the end they had some pretty good matches uh, that was able to kind of salvage that in my book, you know, not as a whole, but you know, it made it worth watching in the end their, their match, even though the buildup wasn't very good. But I mean, even just the, the character change that he had of like, the, you know, the vegan belt or the, you know, the eco-friendly belt, you know, all that stuff. He's just been a big player of, you know, changing his character and getting stuff over that probably had no business getting over. And even now doing his work with uh, The Miz and The Fiend, I mean, he's really the thing that I look forward to watching on SmackDown. Um, and Roman Reigns has done pretty well, but he's he just doesn't shine as well, I guess. He's had some, you know, pretty good moments, but right now he's working with Baron Corbin. He's kind of been given, you know, some not great stuff to work with. And, you know, he's come back and had a pretty good run this year. But honestly, I think Daniel Bryan's been the shining light on SmackDown. And he's he's been there with consistency and as far as being entertaining, whether babyface or heel. 
So, and SmackDown was to Fox was probably their biggest move this year. So if I had to name one MVP overall, I would say it was Daniel Bryan. I know you're probably going to ask that, that question again, but I'm giving you my answer now because yes, spoiler alert, <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's just been so consistent. He's entertaining all the time. He always puts on great matches. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's definitely, you know, one of the top ones for sure. All right, Kyle, wrap this up with Mr. Kofi Kingston. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> due to no fault of his own, I think it's hard to, you know, definitively say he's MVP, but if you're judging by the, you know, the start of the year and, uh, or at least, you know, the height to which they can reach, he's probably, you know, one of the few that have kind of gotten to that point this year, obviously, because he wasn't really meant to be there, but man, he caught fire before mania. He obviously, you know, won the title of WrestleMania was, you know, got a huge ovation. The fans loved it. WWE for once, you know, gave the fans what they wanted. Um, not only with him, but with uh, Becky on the show and for at the time, Seth Rollins over the beast. So there, you know, he was definitely one of the big moments of the year. Obviously had a good run with the belt until, you know, tragically ended at the hands of uh, Thanos of WWE himself, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> but I mean, he had a great run. Uh, it's, it's a shame. And that's it's really why I think it's keeping him from being MVP, like a definitive MVP is just because it came to an end the way it did. It was such a letdown. The fans have still kind of not recovered from it because he's obviously been, you know, in the tag team titles, but they've seen him in that spot and they liked him there. I mean, he may not have been, you know, the greatest champion of all time, but he did well in his role. He had good stories. He put on good matches. Uh, I don't think he like, you know, was to the level where people weren't enjoying him anymore. So I think, you know, fans were probably a little let down of how things ended and how he was just kind of pulled away from the main event. And who knows, in 2020, maybe that'll bring him back to the top because we all know that's how Daniel Bryan got over when they, you know, kept continually pulling out the rug from under his feet and not letting him get anything going. And, you know, Kofi ended up having, you know, a big moment of mania. Maybe he'll get it again. So we'll see. But as far as runs go and uh, him having his moment at mania, you know, having the run of good matches leading up to it and then having his run with the title after, even for several months when I thought he was going to lose at any moment, He's definitely in the conversation. You could make an argument for him. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of the one moment that just outshines everything else, right? I mean, that angle for five, six weeks and all the gauntlet stuff and the tag gauntlet leading to that big moment against Brian. And I mean, it's probably going to be one of the maybe the defining moment of Kofi's career. He also benefits just from being in one of the most overacts of what the last five years. Um, but you know, kind of after that moment, it just it felt like it fell off a good bit. So you know, he had some interesting matches and feuds. The Ziggler stuff was hit and miss, probably more miss than than hit. I thought stuff with Randy was pretty pretty well done. I thought that was probably. His- that's probably his best feud on the run as champion. Yeah, just because it brought in some real life issues that they've had Stupid. in the past. <laughs> yeah, and the revival got a push from it, so Yeah. <laughs> I think you can see what the way WWE viewed it by how they treated him with the with the Brock situation, right? For sure. Like, yeah. I yeah. get 
that Fox wanted to have that kind of big moment. But even Fox cannot be too happy with it at this point because it's like Brock wins the title and then is probably never going to appear on SmackDown again. So it's like Thanos, it's like Thanos snapped him. Yeah, so, <laughs> it's just gone. I, if you're talking, you know, like best moments of the year or best short term runs. For Kofi's in that discussion for WWE, but once again, it kind of gets into that consistency issue, and some of that's no fault of his own. And obviously, even you know having like Xavier Woods get hurt this year kind of has probably derailed some of the plans they've had for him and the New Day. So, okay, so if you're gonna vote one person, actually, before we do the vote, am I forgetting anyone, Matt? I'm. This was going to get a weird reaction, but I would make a strong argument for Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin was written down here, which mid-episode I replaced with AJ Styles. <laughs> I mean, just just look at the year as a whole, right? He's probably had one of the more consistent years in, uh, in the WWE um, when he's not being victimized by just weird, bizarre booking like that TLC match. He's gotten pretty good in the ring. That King of the Ring run of matches he had were really, really good. All of them. Um, you know, him and Gable definitely clicked at the end of that. Um, but you, you look at it, beginning of the year is in the final part of the Shields run and is part of that feud. He also then retires Kurt Angle. And then you look at the King of the Ring stuff, and there are very few heels that are good at being heels and just getting natural heel heat. And he's never lacked in that. I mean, once he kind of learned towards the end of his NXT run, just to kind of just kind of trash talk and banter back and forth with the crowd, he gets a certain type of heat, but it's definitely, I wouldn't say it's like X Pac go away heat. Yeah, as far as like a consistency level, he's definitely had the most heat throughout the year. I don't know. He just – he hasn't let there, – there's a difference. I don't think he's had go-away heat. Maybe sometimes he's had it with like the the big dog stuff and, you know, all that lame stuff he did on SmackDown. But he can be okay sometimes. I think he he definitely gets you on the babyface's side, which that's the most important thing. Um, so he's, he's done well as far as a heel goes. But I think – they're probably on the same level, but two names I would throw in there just for the sake of argument, but they probably haven't reached the level of MVP that they ca- they could because they just haven't been utilized in the best fashion. But Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns yeah. both are on the same level of like, they've been in important spots throughout the year where the company obviously trusts them. I mean, obviously Braun Strowman going in with Tyson Fury, and even though that was crap for the most part, uh, they trusted them to do that. I think WWE has been very meticulous with how to use Roman this year. I don't think they wanted to give off the sense that they were just going to basically just throw him immediately back in it because I think they're doing more of the long con there with him where this next time when he's the top guy and he's going to be the top guy – and it's not going to get the vitriolic reactions from pro wrestling fans that it got the first time. Had they just jettisoned him 
back into the main event picture, back into winning the title, it probably would have turned on him pretty quickly, regardless of him overcoming leukemia and everything else. But at the at the same time, if we're doing this the same episode a year from now, and at least maybe not in our eyes, but at least in WWE's eyes, if Roman is not the undisputed MVP on the men's side and is not a huge draw and is not a huge part of that year, it's probably going to be a huge failure for them because I think they really need Roman to be a star to kind of to kind of build around and and help other people get some legitimacy going over. I think going into the Rumble, not to kind of jump into your prediction podcast, but I think the two most obvious outcomes are going to be Rousey probably winning the Rumble and Roman winning the Rumble and probably getting the title back at Mania. Yeah, and I agree that they've you know they've been smart of how they use them this year to not shove them down people's throats. Uh, I would hope they learn their lesson, but it's WWE, so you you never know. But maybe they'll you know be th- more thoughtful about it this time. But in the same sense, I think they've done the same with Braun Strowman, and that's kind of why I'm putting them both here. Is they've used them in important spots, but not necessarily put them forward as like the top guy. Like you said, Roman has kind of been used to put some people over to build things around him, but they haven't pushed him to the top per se. And they're kind of taking it thoughtful in the same way, maybe with Braun Strowman. Uh, I know he's kind of been dealing with injuries on and off. Uh, he, you know, he might not be as healthy right now, but they put him in when they needed to. And uh, they've just trusted them kind of in these important roles. So I think they could deserve some recognition for being important players for sure. Maybe not MVPs, but I think they're in the conversation, valuable players for the company this year. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I- I think it's interesting that we've kind of all stayed away from the NXT piece of this because I well, think I did that intentionally. I almost view it as a different, a different entity altogether. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like it. Yeah, you you, you kind of have to, um, and even and even then, Dave kind of had some of the same consistency problems, and that's really been more from an injury standpoint than anything, though. Yeah, I agree. All right, so if you're voting for MVP, Chris Jericho versus... Actually, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. WWE MVP, who are you voting for, Wilshire? Actually kind of on the fence on that one. Okay. We need an answer. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like Uh, a game show host, and we're going to need an answer. I mean, like I said, I think there's a very strong argument for, for Corbin, even with some of the bad stuff he's been involved with this year he he's definitely been a consistent fixture just for the lack of the sake of the debate given time at this point i think i'm probably gonna agree with kyle and go with daniel bryan because i'm biased and a mark (laughs) (laughs) kyle who do you think i think it's gotta be bryan just uh i mean kofi had big moments for sure uh obviously becky did as well but, um, yeah, Daniel Bryan's – I mean, he was there for Kofi's big moment, so uh, he's been through that. He obviously had the big program with Roman, uh, and they, you know, made something out of it, even though it was definitely, you know, good and bad to it. And now he's, you know, he's still prominent on SmackDown and, you know, the main event role. And he might not be pushed as the champion and, you know, might not get the MVP treatment. But as far as being consistent and being – easy to watch whether he's in the ring or out of the ring uh, and being great at what he does. I think it's Daniel Bryan. 
when okay. he when he and Cole had that match from the plane ride from hell so, and all that, I remember texting a couple friends and saying that Brian wins the title here and jumps to NXT. AEW will probably never get a minute of view, viewership from me for the next few months. <laughs> Just yeah. for that match, he deserves it. Yeah. yeah, it was so good. It was so good. I really thought I was going to be very different when I voted for Daniel Bryan as MVP of the WWE, but I guess not. That means all three of us agreed on AEW and WWE. That's riveting radio. So let's see if we all three agree on this. We've talked about WWE, and we've talked about AEW. So your MVP between your two major North American wrestling companies for 2019, Matt Wilshire Bolin. Are you voting for Chris Jericho or the American Dragon, Daniel Bryan? I think you have to go Jericho just because it's been impressive what he's done, basically taken a promotion and carried it on his shoulders and literally taking it from not existing this time a year ago, at least not in an official capacity, to making it a a brand that has some value that seems to be on the upswing. Okay. Kyle? Um, I mean, Daniel Bryan's built the, you know, Fox on SmackDown or no, I got that backwards. <laughs> the SmackDown on Fox show. There you go. Uh, he's definitely built that, but Chris Jericho's built a whole company. So he's definitely getting my vote. Like I said, he's, he's been a leader of the locker room. I know WWE is just like angry that they can't, you know, get the storyline to go straight on their show. But Chris Jericho really has been that for AEW, I believe. He's been the champion, literally holding the belt. And, I mean, he's been their highest rated segments, consistently beating NXT each week. I think he's the MVP of uh, AEW, of the wrestling world altogether. It's Chris Jericho's year for sure. This one I think is a lot more difficult than we're making it sound because we're making it sound like Chris Jericho runs away with it. But, man, that Planet's Champion gimmick, Daniel Bryan and Chris Jericho have both done such a wonderful job of being crazy over with the fans and still getting people to boo them because everyone loves them, but they boo them anyway. And that Planet's Champion gimmick was just so well done. And even though it was Kofi's time, I wouldn't have been mad if Daniel Bryan retained because that heel gimmick was not, it. its time was not up. It had tons of steam left, but it just so happened to run into uh, what 11 year veteran that deserved to be the first African-American WWE champion. Ah, I'm still well, picking Chris Jericho, though. I'm still going to go with Chris Jericho. Mustafa Ali in that spot, and he got hurt. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm still going with Chris Jericho here, but I think Daniel Bryan deserves a lot of credit. Um, I would probably put him at number two in between both companies. And I think that uh, both guys have just had an absolutely wonderful year and I've I've had a blast watching them both. And in a, a WWE sense, and and thinking about we're basically leaving a decade right now, it's kind of ironic that it's Chris Jericho versus Daniel Bryan that we're talking about. Because you <laughs> right, know, 2010 would have been that initial NXT show, and yeah, that was probably one of the better short-term feuds that year was Jericho and Bryan. So, yeah. And it's crazy to think that the Miz is still involved with Daniel Bryan. Yeah, it is nuts. <laughs> and it's and I nuts. think going to what you were saying, Matt, that 
I don't think it's a landslide. I think it's clear that it's Jericho, but not by a landslide. I, I do think that obviously Daniel Bryan had a great year. He's been in some awesome programs and awesome matches. So he's been great for sure. I think what sets it over the top for me and makes it so as definitive as it is, is just because one company's kind of built and pushed Jericho to be that guy, whereas WWE necessarily hasn't done that for Daniel Bryan. He's just been great. It's not that WWE's believed him to be great the entire time, which is kind of the whole story of Daniel Bryan to begin with. So, right. Yeah. But I mean, both of them have been awesome. So, they're both winners in my book. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Definitely both of them has had, you know, one of the best years of each of their careers. It's been great. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Wrestle Life Radio. I hope you've enjoyed this round table. I am Wrestle Life Matt and I'm here with my cousin Kyle and my buddy Matt Wilshire Bolin. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything you want to plug? I know you don't have a podcast anymore, you used to. Yeah, I mean, I got n- nothing going on right right now so I'm okay just happy to kind of dust off uh my hot take <laughs> <laughs> well i tell you we're really glad you're here and and i'm sure i'm not even gonna say i'm hope i i, I sh- i'm sure that you'll be on another episode as long as you're willing because we'll definitely have you i appreciate it Hope hopefully yeah, i course. didn't um stink up the joint today you did a great job we i think the, i think the question is going to be will shire uh <laughs> Yeah, wonderful joke, wonderful joke. That is on Instagram, Kyle.Pauly. Yes, that's if you want to listen to more terrible jokes, follow me on Instagram. You can find me at WrestleLifeMatt on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us all at WrestleLifeRadio on Facebook and Instagram and WrestleLifePod on Twitter. You can listen to us wherever, wherever you're listening to us right now. That's a pretty good option. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We very much appreciate you. We hope you have a wonderful wonderful Christmas season. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. And happy holidays to everybody else. (laughs) And that's it for our two-part series of the MVP of 2019. We hope you enjoyed the WWE episode. As I mentioned earlier, you can check out the AEW episode we posted last week. We hope you have a really happy new year. We hope you had a great holiday, a great Christmas, and we're looking forward to seeing you soon. As this is the last episode of 2019, we just wanted to give a gracious thank you to all of our listeners. We couldn't do this without you. We wouldn't do this without you. So thank you so much. And if you want to do anything for us, please just tell your friends about us. We would greatly appreciate it. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.